Hello and welcome to Six Minute Sermons, where we explore the Word, learn the truth, and grow in grace, six minutes at a time. I'm your host, Cameron O'Daniel. John chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. And he passed by, and he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? this man or his parents, that he was born blind. Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. So this is the book of John, and as many of you are probably aware, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the Gospels. These are four independent tellings of the life of Jesus and what he did, what he accomplished. And here we are in the book of John, chapter 9, and Jesus is walking through these different cities. He's healing people. He is proclaiming the good news of the coming kingdom. And here he walks by a blind man. And we don't know how John knew this. Maybe it was afterward he talked to the blind man. But this man was blind from birth. And the disciples notice this, and they ask Jesus, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? So they're approaching this as, okay, we know that sin is an issue, and so this blindness is also an issue, so somebody must have sinned for this man to be born blind. There's no other explanation for it. Some, somebody did wrong, and they were repaid by being born blind. And so Jesus answers this, and he goes against their theology. He goes against what they are claiming. They are saying that somebody sinned, and that caused the man to be born blind. But Jesus answers them, and he says, it was not that this man sinned or his parents. Now here's the purpose in it, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. So think about that for a second. That is a very deep and intense response that Jesus gives to the disciples. And the reason that it is deep and intense is because one man's suffering will bring out the glory of God, that the works of God might be displayed in him talking about the blind man. And so if you follow along the story, Jesus heals this man. He gives him his sight. And then the man goes before the Sanhedrin, which are the Pharisees. And the Pharisees are saying, how are they asking, how did you get your sight? And it's really quite amazing what the blind man says. He says, I don't know who the man was, but what I do know is that I once was blind, but now... I see. And he gives glory. He doesn't even know Jesus' name, but he gives glory to God. He gives glory to Jesus in the fact that Jesus healed him. But I want to focus, what I want to focus on is the fact that it wasn't because of sin or any other thing that the man was born blind. The reasoning behind the man born blind was that the works of God might be displayed in him. There's a quote from a well-known theologian, and he says this, 
it is certain that not a drop of rain falls without the express command of God. So when we think about God's sovereignty and God's providence, we think about the fact that God created all things. All things are within the grasp of his power and his ability. And he is Lord over all. That doesn't mean that he is going to go against his character, but it does mean that God is going to be glorified. At the end of Revelation, it talks about how every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. So with all of this in mind, when we look back at John 3 and what is happening in this whole situation, the man born blind, And this, we can also go back to the fall of humanity with Adam and Eve and understand that all of these disabilities that we suffer in life and even death itself is a result of sin. And yet God, through Jesus, goes against the power of sin, goes against the power holding back the freedom of sight from this blind man. And he says, God will be glorified in this situation And you are going to see. And yes, the blind man recovers his sight. But the purpose behind all of it, as we have said before, is that the works of God would be displayed. And indeed, the works of God were displayed. So what we can take away from this is that when things are happening in our lives, obviously in this this verse, this passage, We can see that God is sovereign. God is over all of this. Yes, we take all of that away from this passage, and God will be glorified. We take all of that away from this passage. But what we can take away and apply to our lives is that no matter what has happened or will happen in our lives, that is terrible because we live in a fallen world where bad things are bound to happen. So if something bad is going to happen or would happen to us, we can rest in the fact that God is sovereign over all of these situations. And God may even allow some bad situations to happen to us. But at the end of the day, God is going to be glorified. God is not going to be mocked. And God cares for his creation. He does. We see that in Jesus healing the man. So don't sit back and think that, oh, God doesn't care about me. He's just allowing all of these terrible things to happen to me. Don't think like that. Rather, think in the light of God's sovereignty and say to yourself, God is on the throne and he is over and reigning everything that is happening in my life right now. And I can trust him with my life. Father, I thank you for this day, and I pray that we would submit to your lordship and sovereignty. I pray that we would glorify you with our lives, even though there are things that are out of our control sometimes. I pray that we would see that you are always reigning, and your name will be praised. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 